Hey, everybody, and welcome into the Media Tavern, uh, where two guys just shoot the breeze about stuff they like. Uh, my name is Eric Oblander. I'm here today with my good friend, Todd Stanton. Uh, together, we make two total media nerds who not only make media, but also watch and listen to just about everything that you can get your hands on. That is true. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm a musician. Todd's a musician. Uh, I'm in a band. I've traveled the world. I've made a bunch of records. I went to college, learned how to do video production. Here I am. The whole way I've been a uh, film and uh, TV kind of uh, maven. Yeah, same deal. I uh, love movies and music. I'm a musician. I write and record music. I've done several, several songs and albums through the years that no one's ever heard of. Um, and then I, uh, as a hobby... I make, uh, you know, like fun little films on back wall here. If you're only listening, you can't see it, but these are some award-winning, uh, 48 hour films that we've done. And, uh, but I do video production for a living. So it's, uh, it's a lot of media all the time. The purpose of this show isn't necessarily to be some geniuses or some experts who critique stuff. We really just love to talk about and kind of shoot the breeze about, the latest thing we saw, maybe it's some classic film or cool old record or great TV show, whatever it is, some new movie that we really want to just rap about um, and just kind of get into it. That's how this whole thing got started. I mean, you and I uh, met, uh, I think, last year, I think it was, right? And we, every time we get together, we talk about the latest movie we've seen and we will talk an hour on a particular movie and we just decide you know what we need to we need to record this and do our, we're this. so good at this we're our 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 uh we entertain ourselves we could entertain someone else yes <laughs> our opinions are so valuable we need to share them with the world well they are we we uh, really do feel they're valuable so might as well get them recorded for posterity's sake and then uh, hopefully somebody will enjoy them so what movie are we talking about if i were to make a top 10 list of my favorite movies of the year, maybe even a top five list. This movie's going on it. We're talking today about Zach Kreger's Barbarian. I watched, I saw, uh, and then I told Todd to watch it, and he watched it, and now he's watched it four times. <laughs> so <laughs> three times. Well, <laughs> well yeah, three, don't get four crazy times. on me. <laughs> I went into this movie not knowing anything at all, and as I started to watch it, my my brain was going in 10 different directions. Um, I guess let's talk about kind of the overview of the movie first. Uh, this uh, Barbarian's a, a movie based in Detroit. Um, by the way, spoiler alerts coming for anyone who's not seen Barbarian. I don't know why you'd be listening to this and not have seen it if you're going to watch it. If you haven't seen the movie, I would suggest maybe not listening to this first. Yeah, but if anything, something else. Yeah, maybe cut out here and just go watch the film and then come back and listen. Yeah, we're talking about other stuff later down the road. And yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully put stuff in the notes so you can skip ahead. But uh, a woman is in Detroit for a job interview. She goes to a kind of bed, not a bed and breakfast, but a Airbnb. Airbnb, thank you. Uh, she goes in there. Uh, someone has already been kind of in there. Another patron is there staying there, which is... Um, uh, Peter Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, or Bill Skarsgård, sorry, and uh, they get together, things happen, and uh, from there it goes completely sideways uh, in many different directions without even being able to uh, kind of like quantify it in like in a one-minute elevator pitch, but uh, essentially something not right is happening in the area, 
and uh, it continues to go south from there. I stayed away from the film initially, and it piqued my attention, but the title is kind of macabre, you know? I mean, it feels a little, like, over-the-top title, and, I, and I'm always, I love horror films, but I'm always afraid I'm going to see something that I'm going to regret that I've seen. Uh, take, for instance, I, I will, I'll just give you, like, a little bit of, like, where I'm at with horror films. I love Alien. I love the original uh, Halloween um, I love anything that has like a thriller thing to it, any kind of like serial killer, um, you know, pursuant type movie. I love all that stuff, um, but I'm not really, I'm not into slasher films and I'm not into anything that's like overly gory, unnecessarily gory um, or sadistic. Um, and so the, the title felt kind of sadistic of sorts, barbarian. I mean, that sounds so, uh, what are we, what are you getting yourself into? And, and as, as I told Eric, um, uh, earlier, uh, a, a movie like the type of movie I would never go see is uh, Human Centipede. Like the it, its whole theme, and if you know anything about what's depicted in that movie, it's nothing I want to see. It's nothing that I want to like have up up here, you know. So when I saw this film or the trailer, and you see this woman going down into this scary, you know, basement thing, and I just thought. I don't know. And then you got the guy from it for God's sake. And he's living in this house and this doesn't seem like a good film to watch at all. I will. So if you're still listening, uh, listener out there, um, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. It's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a great thrill ride. And I wound up laughing at one point at how the film opens up and it sets up this whole like, the how odd the basement is and i just started laughing at the layers and layers of things that happen in this basement and i just thought oh my god is this great this is so i love feeling on the edge and i don't know i just thought it was such a great setup the thing about this movie that i love the most is that you think it's one thing and then it's not and then it's totally something else. And then you think it's that, and it's not that. But it's not like tricky, like it's not cheap tricks. It's yeah, like it's just not, really well. It's not like a puzzle or anything. It's and it's not really. I mean, it it's it's really well planned, but not like manipulative. I mean, in a bad way. Like manipulative meaning, like I mean, they're not. Okay, so. Let's it's not well, a Christopher all, Nolan film. Let's, let's Well, yeah. So let's let's say first first things first. What did you like what did you think about the movie? I when I first saw it, I was like like I said I was laughing. The whole basement scene and how it just continues to evolve. I just thought, wow, this is masterful. I mean, this whole to like lure you in and to lure our character in, and our character acts exactly like you would, you know, at one point. That's, that's one of the things that it, it really seems how humans would be like, you would be overwhelmed and kind of freaked out. You wouldn't make the right decision, but you'd be like really defensive and uh, you'd be kind of like, have your antennas up when someone's there. And that's kind of a throw off is you think because of, uh, when Bill Skarsgård's there that like some, like he's the guy, like you think that he's going to be the linchpin of this whole thing yeah. and that you're like, Oh shit, this guy's, you know, like going to do something. He's but, the it guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's the it guy. 
And so as it goes, you know, you soon find out that he's not. But uh, the the way that they unveil his, I guess I can go ahead and spoil like that he's, yeah. his demise, yeah. sort of kicks off the movie almost. It's almost like a little, like there's like a 35 minute in, or half an hour intro to the movie in which Bill gets his head crushed by a giant naked lady. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then from there we're off to the races and an immediate smash cut of epic proportions that I absolutely thought was one of the coolest things I've seen in movies in 10 years. It's well, it completely messes with your sensibilities on the whole thing. You think you're going into for myself. I mean, I've shown the film to my, my kid and my wife and how the, how they reacted to it is not what the director was intending. I think the director specifically hired Bill Skarsgård. Well, and there's definitely something like lurking under the bottom, but there's not. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there is, I mean, he even says at one point, you know, what do I look like, a monster? And I just, oh my, you're playing right off of the whole it thing. I mean, I think it's so, is genius. And then he, you just don't know what to think of him. And then even right right up to where, like, like you said, his demise, when he's crawling on on the floor there, you're thinking, oh my God, he is a creepy dude. There's something wrong. And then you don't even trust him in that moment. He's like, somebody bit me, and yeah. and you're like, don't go it that way. Go super to- like, yeah. It seems like it's like this long con to get. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then you, he dies. Down. And then as soon as he dies, the thing screams, and we do this drastic cut. Yeah, the smash cut <laughs> right to Justin Long driving on like like on like with Pacific like this Highway. reggae music, and yeah. it's it just messes with you. You're just and like so that that's that's the thing that I think that that Zach Cracker did great here is getting Justin Long, who's kind of been like almost like regimented to like these like you know like American guy type, well, yeah. but these like really lame like zany comedies that are kind of adult whatever and he's yeah. kind of been but like i always think that like i'm i'm of very like i think that sometimes the best bad guys are played by like comedians mm-hmm. like i always thought that chris um that chris farley would would in one movie could play a great heavy I don't mean that pun intended. Like, I mean, like, like I think he could play a really good psycho or a bad guy. Um, it comes up often. But when you meet Justin Long, you have no idea why we're all of a sudden on like yeah. in like a convertible flying down the road. Yeah, listen and to reggae music. I mean, his like, life is going great, like, but then you what? get to see his life unravel in like two seconds when he gets that phone call, which is also great. And again, you don't even know what does this have to do with anything. And then a line is said that you know always got the properties in michigan that he can yeah and then it ties it together but that's such a great long thread man it's like you're like because so basically you know continuing on with the plot he he gets a call from his agent that he just got in this tv show but there's been some he's an actor he's just got this tv show uh there are some allegations that have come up against him pretty hardcore like kind of me too movement sexual issues And he all of a sudden snaps from he's got the world and a string in his hand to like his world is unraveling and he needs to scramble. And you find out it comes to pass that he's got properties in. Oh, okay, He's got properties in Michigan. I suppose we should mention. Back back to the original thing, uh, back to the house. So it's 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 unveiled that there is a crazy secret passage in this house. There's a basement. 
then there's a secret passage in the basement and they continue to go down and they continue to go down. She goes after um, Bill Skarsgård. That's when he gets killed by this mysterious giant naked lady. I forgot to mention that. Like there, that's the whole point is that there's like a basically a dungeon down there. Also, in one of the rooms, you see like a video camera and a really gross bed, and it's just really dark and a bummer. So you know, bad things happen there. Yes, right. It's, yeah. So anyway, so back to the Justin Long thing. So he's, you know, it's been revealed that he's got these properties, and that's kind of like where you can kind of all of a sudden see the pieces come together. But now we're like halfway through the movie. So it's awesome because <laughs> it's like, what is happening? You know? Yeah. And it, and that, that drastic turn again, made me laugh. You know, I mean, it was just like, oh, this director knows what he's doing. He is deliberately manipulating your, it just your reaction to all this. And I, I love it. It's like, he's going to, He's going to put that super hardcore, intense scene out of your mind for a minute, and we're going to go to something else, com- something yeah. completely different. And and you're like, you almost like gasp at how that changes so quickly. And I love yeah. it. And then it comes back. And Justin Long, yeah, Justin Long always kind of plays this comic relief, uh, you know, tension reliever uh, comic guy in, in in most of the stories and you're i mean i guess in a way he's supposed to be like the everyday man kind of reaction to things that are seem odd um uh even his whole you know come the things that he finds in the house that we've already found saw the basement we saw the 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 the, the door that opens with the rope we see the we see the, the the tunnel that goes into this cavern, and, and this is where you start to really understand. Like, so at first you're kind of like, maybe these allegations aren't true, and that he's a decent guy. And then as he arrives at this house, that's like totally fucked up. Yeah, pardon my French. Uh, he comes in, and uh, all he's concerned about is selling it. Yeah, he's concerned about selling it, and he finds his way to this basement. And he's just measuring all the stuff for added value to the house with an actual tape measurer. And he didn't know anything about, he didn't know. So yeah, he had no idea. House, he didn't is- know there was the secret room or the bed with the camera. Um, and he's, he's like totally ignoring that. He's like, Oh, this is more square footage. And he's like, and then he finds the, the, the tunnel and he's like, Oh, and he like measures that. And it's just, uh, some people really bumped up against that part and thought it was a little too goofy, a little too like zany. I could but- see how it would be. Cause it does, it does take quite a turn, especially for a horror film, you know? And, and I if, think, and, particular- and maybe if you're not a fan of Justin Long, you know, um, it could come across as a little wacky, but I felt it, I felt it worked. Yeah, yeah. So then I guess, you know, essentially uh, kind of finds his way to Georgina Campbell and Mama, which is the giant mom. Naked lady. Naked lady mom. And uh, he ends up, I I think from here is where he either before or after this scene is where he kind of like meets. Oh, no, he meets up with his buddy in Detroit and basically spills the beans about what a horrible jackass he is in real life. Yeah. And that that these allegations are pretty much true you know he, he doesn't even let his parents know that he's in detroit when they're clearly from detroit um but he goes out and he parties and and um the thing is is i don't think they totally make him out to be a really bad creepy guy but 
it he gives that same explanation that most of these me too guys do where they have talked a woman into having sex and and it's always that story like well at first she was you know she was saying no but then i talked her into it you know yeah she and needed from a their vantage point kind of it feels like nonsense yeah from their vantage point as they're telling the story they feel like they didn't do anything wrong you know um and so like you listening to that one side and you never get to hear the other side you get like okay this guy is not a great guy by any means but he's not like a horrible beast at the same time too so it's kind of revealed that because there's another there's like a homeless guy outside of the house who kind of explains kind of like is sort of the uh the expository guy who kind of pulls her aside and explains that there was a guy and then they do a flashback that is super cool of like that because they go to that old detroit neighborhood like in the i guess yeah. it'd be like in the 70s yeah and um it it's cool that this movie's made in detroit being that we live so yeah. close and do a lot yeah, of work there, i'd like so. to go visit that area actually because yeah. i visit movie I'm, locations the guy explains that like the dude lived in this house he was a real jerk he kidnapped this woman and brought her back and then basically had this dungeon in the basement and sort of like assaulted her repeatedly and they kept going and then there was babies and then they kept going and there was baby and it basically just became like a just a a, a complete well he had sex with the babies mess. he had there's yeah. multiple generations of babies he had yes. sex with and that's what mama is at the end is like this distorted human so being. she so she but she's like and that's the thing about this monster it's like how frankenstein's monster has like this big heart like she really just is a wants to mother yeah uh the the georgina, georgina yeah character like she just wants to be that mom like she's not really a bad she's a very protective like primal instinct of like motherhood you know yeah so and, and obviously afraid of men and clearly well yeah and so then uh the other the other thing that happens is you discover the dad they they find the dad in the bed uh justin long finds him and he as he's kind of running around and the, the who's like the architect of this monstrosity mess thing and he ends up the guy ends up uh blowing his own brains out right in front of justin long well it's because justin finds these videotapes of all yes. the things that happen in the in that room with the video camera and the bed and the bucket and so and you and they, that's a great they just the way they show his face he, justin long feels that this character the character's name is frank by the way yeah just, frank just, his name is frank and but frank doesn't talk at all he's just sitting there and he's, he's he's like motioning for a bottle of water and all that kind of stuff and he winds up uh justin thinks that frank is a victim to this monster and this monster is holding him hostage and so justin says i'm gonna get the cops here and they're gonna swarm the place and that's when frank realizes I've got all He's these screwed. videotapes here. Yeah. I am going to die. I'm going to go to jail, you know? And so he picks up, he, that's when he takes the gun and Justin thinks he's, he's going to shoot him and, and Frank blows his brains out. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's done really well. I mean, even with that whole gun thing, you do think, oh, he's going to shoot Justin. Yeah. Like does, everything is kind of like, yeah. I won't say a red herring. Cause that makes it cheap. It, it's just like a, a misdirect, like a head fake. Yeah. You know? All the like, time. All the time. Yeah. And they even, it's not even like, 
obvious head fakes where it's like, he's going to do this. He didn't. You just kind of, you let yourself believe something else is going to happen. And then you're foolishly like, yoink. The there is, is no out. predictability in this movie at all. There isn't anything that you think you don't go into it thinking, oh, I know how this is going to go. And even when it, when it comes down to the scenes, you never don't know, know how it's going to go. So, so the movie, you know, the movie ends up, at kind of this final set piece where they're running from mama, she's chasing them. Uh, and they're like, they end up, uh, Georgina um, Campbell climbs this water tower with Justin Long. Well, that's when you, that's when you really learn how, what a, what a dirtbag Justin Long is because he winds up using, uh, Justin Long winds up using Georgina as like bait um, to like get the monster to go away, basically uh, takes the ball and throws it to the dog who go chase the ball. That's what he does with Georgina off off this water tower, throws her off the water tower, and Mama being um, the mother being protective of the her, maternal instincts kick yeah, in. Ch- falls after her, and I don't know through through the act of magic, I guess I don't know, lands and cushions her blow and and saves her, um, which is. Nice, but then when Justin goes down, checks checks and see if either one of them are alive. Georgina is still alive, and he's like, "Oh, thank." He's like, "Oh, you know what? Oh, I'm so grateful that you're alive." I didn't have you, a choice. You slip. You were you were you were slipping, and I went to go. And I tried to help you, and and you fell. Like he's trying to like manipulate her right so, there. On the so spot. gross. Yeah. yeah. And Mama comes alive and pushes his eyeballs out and kills him. And. um in a Regina. fantastically gross way. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it was gross. And then yeah, like pops his head open. Um and Georgina as an act of mercy uh kills uh takes a gun and and shoots mama in the head. But mama is okay with it because she's like she knows that her life is a mess. Uh she doesn't want to live the way she is anymore. And she actually in a really sweet moment like kisses her forehead. Uh it's just heartbreaking. It's yeah. just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. It's 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 up there with like Frankenstein as yeah, like yeah, yeah. one it of those kind of moments where you're like, Oh my yep. god. Yeah. I mean it's kind of can be hackneyed, the like sensitive monster. He was just yeah. the monster in us all was really the monster, all that kind of nonsense. But like that scene was just I mean, I teared up. I mean, quite honestly, you, I mean, the mama, you know, screams at Georgina the first time that uh, we see them before it cuts to the Justin Long uh, shot. Uh, Georgina hits her with the car, for God's sake, you know, but yeah. she still feels this maternal thing towards her, uh, which is surprising, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, she doesn't like... Uh, you know, I guess Mama realized that Justin was a, a terrible person and tried to hurt her, tried to hurt them both, right? And then, and then, kind of like in almost the most <clears throat> like Hollywoody part of the movie, finger quotations here on for those not watching, yeah, which I don't know why you would be, but <laughs> um, is the test character Georgina walking, yeah. yeah, Georgina walking down the street, kind of like limping, covered in blood, like triumphant ending kind of deal. One thing we didn't talk about is it's in a terrible part of Detroit. So, but see, that's that's the other thing though. That flashback scene with Frank, yeah, the, like it, the city's like they're not the city. Yeah, the you see the like decay. Beautiful. You see the decay yeah. that's happened. Yeah, and that's kind of like another part of the story is the whole urban blight and urban decay. You know, 
aspect of things and like while monsters are scary real life is super scary too kind of thing yeah 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 i mean so her you know her riding off into the sunset i guess is her limping off into the sunset i guess is i guess it's more of the sunrise because it was the sun was coming up um i guess it does give you some kind of sense of like okay she's gonna be okay you know um she you know I don't know. You, you hope that she's going to be okay. She's still got to get through that terrible neighborhood, but at least it isn't dark anymore. So she's got that going for her. But yeah, she's going to be kind of messed up for a while. I don't know if she's going to rent an Airbnb um, anytime soon. Yeah. And that's the other thing about that, about her character's journey is like when, when you meet, um, when, when, it, when you meet Bill Skarsgård, you, you think like, Oh, you know, like, okay, he's not a bad guy. Maybe they're going to have like a, a relationship this yeah. is going to oh, be yeah. great for her because yeah. she goes to that job interview and all this stuff so you think oh her life's cool and then yeah. at the end she's got nothing and bill's head is flat and the whole yeah. thing is uh so i want to talk real briefly about some of my favorite th- why this movie is different than other movies i've seen and that is the, the way that the story is told mm-hmm. uh, the story itself is i mean i mean pretty unique but i mean i mean i never knew what was going to happen but i think a monster in the basement ultimately is what we're talking about Mm -hmm. but i loved the way that i loved the smash cut to justin long and that the disorienting where are we going now kind of and then kind of starting from z back to the middle of the alphabet in the way the story is told um coming back to detroit from his aspect i also loved the idea of his character being by far the most evil thing, even though it's Justin Long's, which by the way, he's like in his mid forties, like, but he has that baby face. Yeah. Um, I can totally relate. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so uh, I loved the way that his character really was the, the ultimate monster or whatever. Uh, and I did love the whole idea of the urban blight and the family dynamic of the whole thing being sort of the the backdrop. I, I just thought it was superbly made and well done. I don't know if I would give it a rating like one to ten. I can't really do that kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't, I, I'm not very good at, at that either. I mean, I always seem to rate movies on whether or not I'd watch it again. Yeah, no, um, which we've we've we revealed is a yes yes for me yeah i enjoyed it. i enjoyed it i enjoyed it because it wasn't predictable i enjoyed it because i i i liked all the characters i mean even the that's the ones. other thing too yeah yeah i, I like even I, the small ones i loved how um it it was pretty much a, a linear story except for the one flashback that takes place and i don't like I mean, I like movies that jump around, but sometimes it gets a little tiresome to keep track of. Well, it can be a trick. It can be like a look at me, like gymnastics, like, oh, look what I can do. It's super like, you know, like muscle camera action. And it's like, you know, tell me a good story. I like how, and this is more of a modern uh, filmmaking technique these days versus like, say, a couple decades ago. They would always have to tell you when a flashback, you know, like you think go back to the seventies or whatever, they would say 10 years earlier or whatever. And they don't do that now. They just flashed and, and you've, you figured out. So even in this film, when they do the flashback, it happens suddenly. And it, and it, you go from this kind of, you know, disgusting looking neighborhood that the house is in 
which, by the way, the house is very clean, even is clean looking, even in this disgusting neighborhood. The house is still relatively pristine looking. It, it looks r- relatively clean. There's a little dirt on the door, but it's not it's not like the rest of spray painted houses and burnt down and all this kind of stuff. But all of a sudden, this quick cut. They fall down in the pit, Justin Long and, and uh, Georgina is down in the pit, and all of a sudden they cut to this flashback. And, again, it's kind of startling. You don't know what's happening. But it's very clean and bright-looking, almost Tim Burton-ish. It's got, and like, the film this, stock is different, like the, yeah. or the treatment yeah, of the film. Yeah, they've got the, it's almost a 4-3 ratio kind of thing going on. And the color and, saturation is more. Yeah, it's, like it's real bright. Footage. And it, it it's like a very Tim Burton. I think almost Edward Scissorhands kind of neighborhood. You know, it's like very clean. Yeah. And it, they've got this really great uh, shot of him walking out and getting in the car and this really fluid motion driving down the street. One, one shot. And it feels so unnatural from everything that we've seen. Everything else has been, you know, camera cuts. This is one, you know, one giant uh, long shot. And then it goes into the, he's in the, he's in the uh, store and he's again, one shot following him. And it's, it, it thematically it feels completely different at that point and then you're like what is this you know uh you get it's a flashback because i can tell they're playing 80s music on the radio there's there's they're talking about the reagan era in the news and That's you right. get it it's it's a it's a flashback but it's like this is a flashback of what i don't get it and for the most part it seems okay even in this flashback yeah you see the guy kind of following the woman. He goes into the house, but nothing bad happens. And you wonder, what what does all this mean? Later, it's explained. And I, I love that. Like, it, like it was, it's almost a movie that you could watch and then go, what was that, what was that scene in the middle about? What, like, I get it, but nothing really happened. And it's because... The, the it it's explained later at the end like what this who that guy was this is his house this is what he did and then you understand what that scene means it's it's scary it's a scary and, thing. and you see that he's like they kind of set him up to be sort of the manipulative psychotic you know guy who's like going into homes i mean it's just it's he's very dark and evil so it's great yeah, well, and he goes into the home and he doesn't do anything to the person, but what he does do is unlock a window. Well, and well. and that's the big thing of that whole scene is he unlocks a window. It's very yeah. minimal. He goes click and it, it like if you blink you would have almost missed it, but mm-hmm. that was the whole point of that scene and what he did. He unlocks windows, he goes in at night and and gets uh gets uh women and brings them back to his dungeon. So scary i mean the thought of that is scary in itself even though that's something that just plays out in your mind it it's never really shown on screen at all yeah i really enjoyed this film and i would recommend it pretty much to anybody that likes thrillers and horror films master class in horror i would call it yeah this this is such a great it's like the next gen the next evolution to me of storytelling and horror because it's like prestige but also trashy and also horror like monster movies and it's just got it all so i love monster movies i mean that's what i love but i love them i love when they're done well and not sloppy and 
the you know the, it's the whole concept of uh you know the shark didn't work so we didn't we didn't get to see the monster very much and that played on your imagination that's what i love about the movie alien is that you don't see the monster all that much and it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a dark house uh, a dark ride um like at an amusement park you go in you don't know what to expect and it's more of the things that you don't see that kind of gets you kind of nerved up and that's what i loved about this film is that it's it doesn't give you a whole lot it, you have to kind of put things together and the things that happen you're just like, oh my God, this this dark room. Oh my God, the camera in the bed. Oh my God, this this tunnel that goes to God knows where. That all stuff is scary. I loved that they they pulled that off so so well. One of the things that I loved about this movie too is you have a real sense of um, place. Like in other words, you understand where you are in the house, and I don't oh, mean yeah. like, but you understand you're in the basement or where yep. you are in the basement, things like that, that he did on such a small budget and probably one set that he just rearranged. But, uh, and, and you know, and I have to add this, another thing that I like about it is all the characters actions were believable. It, that's I, sometimes horror that. movies, like, you know, there's always like, why would she go in that room? Well, she's locked in the basement. I mean, she's, yeah. and, and she, she doesn't even enter the dark part of that uh, basement for, for quite a while there because, and she walks up and goes, nope. And I just thought that's exactly what we would do. Yeah. We would just go in. Now, if it was your traditional, you know, off the shelf uh, horror film, the woman would go in, you know, without even thinking about it. Uh, and, I loved that. That's not what happened here. She, she, well, and, she and, and also, time. yeah. And also like she, the door jams and you can't get out. And the second time she gets a bite at the apple, she say, she stops the door. Yes. Like, yeah. She things that you yep. would do like as a human, you'd, you'd adapt and react. So. Yeah. Where like in a, like a traditional horror film would be like the door would shut again. You'd like, what the, again? Heck? Yeah. what the heck exactly. lady? And then she goes get I, the chair and uh, it's all great. I, I like when, when writers, give their characters brains, give them reality, like you're saying, but also they don't treat the audience like dummies. I, yeah. I feel like that's very good. All right. Did you yeah. want to mention anything else about this movie before we wrap this conversation up? I say, if you like horror movies on any level, if just even, you know, like a, a simple horror movie, say like, if you like, uh, like say the, the original psycho, which I'm a big fan of, I think you would love this movie. It's not, the title is off putting cause there's no one really knows what barbarian really means in the movie. So um, I don't think anyone's listening to this podcast who hasn't seen it already. Sure. But if you think about it, barbarian really doesn't mean anything. And I you think, want to know why? Cause but, it's on Barbary street. That's yes, that's what I thought budget. too. But I guess someone also pointed out if you rearrange all the letters in Airbnb, it it, it spells that too. So oh, that's a good one. All yeah. right, and, I didn't. And the that. director, I read a little thing about the director. The director said he just thought it was an interesting title. And yeah, that, I heard an interview with Zach Greger, yeah. and he said that too. He's like, it just sounds cool. I'm like, yeah. he's right, it does. Yeah. Okay, let's switch gears here, um, and I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute and get on my corner. What 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 do you mean corner? Well, I think each of us uh, should have our own little, like, kind of a little play area for us to talk about things that we're listening oh. to, watching, okay. doing, whatever it is. So, all right. Uh, it's the end of 2022. I'd like to talk about uh, my favorite TV shows of the year. I'm just going to do a top five because I oh. watched everything and I would be here for like an hour if I did. Yeah, you're like a TV guy. I'm not so much a TV guy. You watch way more movies than I do, although I watch a ton of movies, but I watch everything that goes across my screens. Nice. So, 
All right. Uh, so these will be a top kind of uh, loose four, and then number one we can discuss. Okay. Uh, number, I guess, five would be The English with Emily Blunt. Super great Western. You should check it out. It looks okay. like a spaghetti Western. I saw Love an ad it. for it. Yeah, it looked interesting. Okay. Phenomenal. Beautiful. Great story. Okay. Uh, we Own This City, starring John Bernthal, uh, made by... Um, Guy George from uh, Walking Dead. He was in Walking Dead. Yeah. That's right. He was the best part of Walking Dead in yeah. those seasons, I thought. But <laughs> he's a great character. Um, uh, made by um, David Simon and George Pelicanos, super hard-boiled, this is Baltimore now cop thing, and you follow the rise of this character, uh, Wayne Jenkins, and you find out what happened to him. It's great. Uh, Slow Horses, love this show. It's kind of a modern take on like a almost like a modern what if James Bond and his team were a bunch of total screw-ups, you know? Uh, it's like the MI5 agents that were, like, way off the map. And so they get put in this place called Slough House, and things happen in London. Super cool. Tons of intrigue. I loved it. And Gary Oldman is the best character on TV right now. I, think. I like Gary. White Lotus, season two. Kept up with what season one did. Uh, probably even surpassed it. It's got Aubrey Plaza. It's got... Everything you'd want in a TV show, beautiful vistas in Sicily, uh, great stories about people coming to this hotel called the White Lotus uh, and kind of what happens to their characters along the way. A little bit of intrigue, a little bit of mystery, a lot of uh, relationships. It's a great show. My number, my top two are tied, but I'm going to say this one so you and I can talk about my number one. Uh, number two would be The Bear, which... I started is, watching that because of you. Yeah. Good Lord. I love that show so much. If you ever worked in a kitchen, that's exactly what it's like working in a kitchen. When 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 it hits the fan, it's you're off and running and you get in the weeds and you're done. It's so good. Plus the family drama. Um, you know, I just I, I totally dug it so much. Uh I the the characters are great and I I just love the acting. Thought it was phenomenal. All right, my number one show of 2022 is, and you're going to be very happy with me here, Star Wars dork, Andor. Tony Gilroy finally figured out a way to make a Star Wars property that doesn't involve a Jedi, doesn't involve a Skywalker, doesn't have any of the trappings that have been we've been kind of stuck with for the last whatever, uh, but still pushes the the ball down the field. Tells a great story about you know how how the empire why the empire was so bad is the main reason why I feel that show's great. Yeah, but also how we got to the point where the Death Star blew up and the and the the rebellion became the rebellion with, with that Rogue One because this leads right. into Rogue One. Yeah, so uh, that's my top five and Andor being number one. What did you think about Andor? Um, you well as you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan i mean star wars the movie is if i if i have top five you know movies star wars will always be my number one um i i've enjoyed everything actually so far and i'm not one of these i go into things blind and just love it just because it's star wars because there's some star wars things I'm, i'm not a fan of like i don't get into any of the cartoons and all that stuff it's too much for me um i i can i can enjoy um, these other, I have enjoyed these other TV series. I love Mandalorian. Um, I've, I enjoyed Boba Fett. I enjoyed Obi-Wan. I didn't feel like the stories there were very meaty, but 
Um, I enjoyed it. And it's what, what people are calling fan service. A lot of uh, Disney's like, you know, throwing a lot of fan flashbacks to, you know, this Star Wars movie and that Star Wars movie and they have a little a little prop from this or a little location from that. Um, I love all that stuff. I mean, so that's one thing about Andor that doesn't really happen much. And I get it. They're 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 trying not to do that, like you said. They're not tying in things like Jedi or Skywalkers or anything has anything to do with anything that we've seen before. Actually, the first three episodes of Andor you don't even feel like you're watching a Star Wars show. I mean, sometimes has, you have to remember during the whole thing until you get towards yeah. him. Also, the Star Trooper goes by and like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we're in Star Wars land. Um, there, well, there are a few little Easter eggs in there, like yeah. Luthen's uh, art. You know, art gallery has a lot of like curios sure. from Star Wars times past. Even Indiana Jones. I mean, there's the yeah Shakira. Shakira, uh, Shakara, whatever those stones are uh, from Temple of Doom. Shakira, these hips don't lie, man. Yeah, Come exactly. on. <laughs> yeah those stones lie, though. Um, but I, I find the whole thing slow. I find it, um, it, I know it's, I know it's deliberately slow. They're trying to, uh, you know, pace this in a way uh, that feels more adult, I guess. Um, but I think it's almost unnecessarily sh- slow. Like, if you go away, like, what happened in 12 episodes, or is it 10 episodes? What actually happened in 10 episodes? Eh, it's hard to really say. I mean. Yeah, the first three are definitely an uphill, but I loved them, but I thought it was definitely an uphill walk. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the way that it's kind of broken into three sections, you've kind of got the middle section of the, the, the prison, and again, we're spoiling stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and then the prison yeah, not saying too much, yeah. And then the kind of the end feature with the the funeral and uh i thought that so for me i thought that there were some scenes in this that were some of the best star wars thing ever the luthan speech um the end speech the the funeral dirge i just thought it was like as a as an old guy watching star wars i'm kind of tired of like porgs and ewoks and stuff like i want to see a little more but i love that universe very very much yeah no you know what i mean yeah and i wanted to i think it's like made for people who watch the movies in the theater when they were little kids so yeah like i said it feels more adult ish oh yeah you know i mean it's like i don't think most most kids i mean even though you know my 13 year old has watched every episode i don't think he goes away excited about each one you know but uh i i am looking forward to uh the next season the actual bridge between this whole you know prelude to what's going to happen prior to rogue one and i I love seeing the evolution of andor himself cassian um because he's he's kind of a hardened guy by the time you get to uh uh, Rogue One. So it, yeah, it's he's a nice broken, to, broken man, kind of by the yeah, time Rogue yeah. One happens, and you can see why as this as the show evolves. So, so uh, yeah, that that's my that's my. There's honorable mentions galore, but those are my top five that I just thought were lights out this year, and uh, so that's my corner. You're up, Todd. I think my corner is going to be about believe it or not, movies. I like that hardly anyone has heard of. How's that for a 
a corner. Uh, you're not going to start with Star Wars, are you? Because no, 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 no. I mean, I could. I just saw a movie this uh, weekend that is kind of Star Wars related, but I won't. T- I'll talk about that another time. Um, this is a movie that came out in 2019. Um, it actually stars uh, Helen Hunt, um, but the movie is called I See You, not like I See You, but I C S E E Y O U. Um, it's this interesting little story of it seems almost like like a demonic kind of uh, occurrence that's happening in this house uh there's strange things that are happening in this in this house things are moving in the house like there was you know it's something on the table there and then when they go to look again it's it's moved um there's noises that are happening in the house um it, it feels like this is something supernatural is going on and as the movie, I can't even talk about it too much because there's a point, much like when we were talking about this movie, um, what's the movie? Barbarian. When we were talking about Bar- Barbarian, where it makes that drastic cut to Justin Long, it does something very, very similar in this movie. It actually takes you to why things are happening odd in this film. Like, bam, it takes you right there. It completely changes the narrative and shows you what's going on and then the two things wind up what's going on in the supernatural feeling world and actual what's happening in this house the two worlds collide and it's a very well told story i highly recommend it i can't even say too much about it because yeah, if i do I, I you told me about it i want to see it so don't 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 yeah tip it's, a, it's a great little film um I will say Helen Hunt looks rather old in it. Um, I was so I was shocked at how old she, she committed is. the sin, the the ultimate sin of you know living several years. I yeah I know yeah, but I, I just maybe that's why she hasn't been acting too much. This it has it has a very low budget feel to it. Anyways, I would uh, uh, I would highly recommend it. I believe it's on. Uh, let me see, it's on it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it, it comes with your uh, subscription, so it's not like you have to pay for it. Um, no free ads. Yeah, no, yeah, no ads. Um, but I would go out and uh, see that film. I, I, you'll love it. You'll love the cool. whole ride. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. So that's it. That Eric, we did our first show. We did it. Uh, what do you want to talk about next time? Well, um, it's a sequel that came out this year. A big anticipated sequel. And uh, we'll have to see what our reaction is to it. How about Top Gun? Top Gun. Let's see if it's worth all the hype. There's it's Top Gun Maverick, isn't it? Top Gun Maverick or Top whatever. Top Gun Maverick. I yeah. don't believe Top Gun colon Maverick. I don't <laughs> colon know Maverick. That not Maverick's colon. So it's, all right. Yeah. Hey, well, that's a different movie that I'm not watching. <laughs> but yeah. So next time, let's talk about Top Gun uh, Maverick and whatever else we can think of. Maybe get into some music, get some more TV in there, and. Uh, We'll we'll continue uh, we'll continue this uh, chat here in the media tavern. Sounds good.